1: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
2: What's going on, everybody? and Finn has got a meetup going down October 16th through 18th at Eastport Marina and Resort in Alpine, Tennessee, which, which falls right on Dale Hollow. What we're going to be doing is just hanging out, fishing. Uh, Depending on the number of people that show up and the interest, we may do a small tournament. Uh, We will have some stuff to give away Saturday evening. We're going to do a hangout and a little little barbecue action. We'll have food for everybody. If you're looking for lodging, you could stay right at the resort. It's $50 per person per night. Um, And what you get is your own personal bedroom on a houseboat, luxury houseboat, courtesy Eastport Marina. That's a special price they gave us to lend to our listeners. If you want uh, more info on the resort, you can go to Eastport.info and uh, their website will pop up there. You'll see all the houseboats and things like that. A majority of our hosts are going to be there, and we would love to spend some time on the water with you.
3: This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today.
4: Welcome to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. This is the Final Cast segment with your hosts Brad Hicks and Josh Eldridge, where we cast our final opinions on all products good and bad. Welcome to the Final Cast. You're listening to the Final Cast on the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. I'm your host Brad. In right. this episode, we're going to do a kayak fishing nets episode that was recommended by one of our listeners. So, whoever you are, whoever recommended this episode, this is for you, man. So I hope you enjoy it. On the other line here, we got Brian, Jimmy, and Armando. What's, What's up? up? Dudes? What's going Hello. on?
2: Call Armando by his proper name,
4: Papichulo.
5: Papi- that one. <laughs> Yeah. There we go. Where'd that come from, by the way? I, don't, I think Brian. <laughs> Brian started calling me that, so I was like, okay, here we go, julo. You know what
2: the funniest thing is, is? I don't even know what that means. It's like
5: daddy something. Oh, some... God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, you probably went to some south of the border places. <laughs> 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 you got called that a lot.
3: The only thing south of the border he knows is like Taco Bell.
5: Yeah. <laughs> Well, I wanted to keep it, you know, PG, but we all know. All right, good enough.
4: It's all good. It's all good. Our our group chats are pretty fun.
3: (laughs) It was hilarious because there for like I know, like a week. It was more Spanish than it was English, and I don't know if it was Susie that was like, "All right, I'm fixing all this right now." No, that was was me. That was was you.
4: (laughs) I was like, I can't understand what anybody's saying. I'm changing everything back.
5: That was when we started that was I started with just um putting like I don't know like bad words to this to under Brian's like nickname. Yeah. You know, some Spanish gay stuff or something like that, and then people were just like, What the yeah. <laughs> That was when it started and then Brian oh. retaliated and all that. It's all good. Fun and games till somebody
2: gets hurt. <laughs>
4: Yeah, uh, we're we're all we're all big boys here.
3: Nobody's gonna get their feelings hurt. Right. Except Wilfred. <laughs> yeah.
2: Don't get me started, Jimmy.
3: <laughs> I know that you just talked to him and I just talked to him, so why not? <laughs> oh
2: yeah.
3: All right. So let's get to the
4: good stuff, man. Uh I know we're 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 gonna get Brian on here first because he has to cut out here shortly, but what yeah, dude. <laughs> It's already starting.
5: Uh, <laughs> I should be setting the example, but anyways, go ahead. I'm sorry.
4: <laughs> Brian uh, uses the yak attack net, right?
2: Yeah, man. I use uh, the leverage net with the uh, the wide hoop. Um, I contemplated going back and forth between, like, the they got that, like, long, narrow hoop versus the wide hoop. I just – I know I'm clumsy enough, but, uh lost many fish trying to net fish in that smaller hoop net so i went with the bigger one it is a little bulkier but um uh my landing ratio is way better i think um but the the key feature i like about it is the rubber net Mm -hmm. Uh, rubber nets are, are a feature with me especially when you're fishing with like crank baits and you know anything with treble hooks you know because i've for years man used just like the threaded nylon nets and would always spend way too much time you know untangling hooks out of out of the net and i think that comes from like back in the walleye days because we used to do a lot of trolling of crank baits and stuff so you know you get a fish in your net it starts flopping around especially if you're running like a jerk bait or a bigger crankbait where you've got, like, two or three trebles on it, and it could just be a recipe for disaster. Um, I think my biggest complaint about it is is sometimes, like, you're fighting a fish and you're not paying attention. You could pick up the net upside down so you get a fish in it, and then it breaks away on you. And oh, you yeah. It's that way. I've done that so many times just from – like especially like my time in the blue sky, I had it in my crate behind me, so I just pick it up and grab it and not pay attention to which way I had it going because I was just focused on getting that fish in the net. Um, so I think that's the biggest option. I mean, I would like it better if it was just just a solid arm, no breakaway. Yeah, because when you got it in the kayak, you got it extended usually. I know a couple guys. Little Gene flip- Jensen. Yeah, yeah, the
3: jeans Jensen floor. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but, like, I've seen that. I always keep mine extended, like, now on the new canoe. I just leave it extended out in front of me so I can just reach forward and grab the handle and, you know, scoop a fish. But um, I think that's my biggest complaint. But, I mean, I've landed some pretty big fish in that net, you know, like
3: He's lying.
2: freshwater drum and stuff. Not bass. <laughs>
3: I'm not talking about
2: huge bass, dude. I mean, <laughs> i first to admit that. Well, like, just catching, like, um, you know, like, on my home lake here, and when I go fishing with Jay Randall, sometimes we'll go pike fishing, so getting, like, a nice, chunky northern pike in that net works great. You know, like I said, freshwater drum, you know, stuff like that. Usually that's when I'm fishing the river, you know, bouncing a net rig on the bottom. You get some of those garbage fish. But, uh, yeah, you know, for the most part, I mean, I think it's built pretty well, solid you know steel shaft handle like i said my my biggest complaint is uh that breakaway if you're not paying attention when you're in the heat of the moment but um
3: does yours have the extended little foam arm piece past the cup yeah
2: yeah. it sits on your elbow yeah it's got the arm brace i never pay attention to it usually you know um that's the thing too i will say is like from it going in and out of a rod holder and just getting tossed around in the truck and stuff like the foam pad. I think it's on the end of the net is like kind of split and like breaking away. Not a huge game changer for me, but, um, you know, that's what
4: does help make that uh, net float though.
2: Yeah. 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 I've thought about tying on like a, like a rod float or something on it or strapping it to it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I have used, the one net I used to use was an Ego net. or Ergo? I forget. Yeah,
4: it's Ego slider.
2: Yeah, Yeah. it was a slider. It floated. Um, It was nice. It was just kind of bulky um, compared to the Yak Attack net. I have since given that net to a a buddy of mine for fishing out of his bass boat. Um, He's got a little ranger, so it's perfect for him. He had lost his net or broke his net or something and i was like dude i got one that i don't even use i'll give to you um but uh that's a nice net too i know they they have a smaller version uh, mm-hmm. they had donated a bunch of those nets for uh that crossroads classic this past weekend i think they gave away like eight of those things a bunch of guys got excited about them um i know that's a good net too um and it floats you know that's always the yeah. key
3: Anymore. Is that the the red and black net? Yep. Yeah. Oh, they got a
2: red and black one and then they have like that blue and white kind of like scale pattern type deal um that you see on like a lot of sun shirts and stuff. Yeah. Uh,
4: I've never seen that one.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. That's the one I used to have and I think that's the color ones that they gave away this past weekend. So oh, like okay. it, it's bigger net. I think it was more designed for for um you know bass boats versus kayak but i mean it carries over you can definitely utilize it for sure um and that arm the extendable arm i mean you could almost extend that thing out like four or five feet and it collapses down it's pretty smooth actually Um, but trying to extend that on the go in a kayak when you're sitting down probably not the best thing or the easiest thing in the world you know or right.
4: doing that while you're fighting a fish in one arm.
2: Well, right. And then leaving it extended, it just clutters up the deck, you know? So that's kind of why I, I steered away from it. Um, and again, that that has a rubber net, too. Um, I I just think that rubber netting's key, uh, no matter what you're fishing with, you know?
4: Yeah, that, that rubber net, I was going to hit on that with the uh, yak attack. that. I, that is the thing I do like about the nets these days. If I'm buying a net, it's definitely got to be a rubber net or rubberized nylon yeah. or something like that. Yeah, but yeah. the other thing about the Yak Attack net I do like is the holes on the net itself. Yeah. Uh, compared to other nets, the other nets are real tiny. Uh, they're rubberized, but they're real tiny holes. You still get tangled up in those. Sure. With the Yak
3: Attack net, you don't get that. Oh yeah, you can it they're big enough that like I've had a crankbait hang up in it on the end of the boat and you can just like pop it loose without having to ever pick it up because the yeah. openings are so much bigger.
2: For sure. For sure.
4: And that, so, yeah, that's that's just the one thing I did like about the Ecktech net. And then the, the the other thing that I don't really like about the Ecktech net you kind of hit on it was like the flipping of it and it just takes up a lot of space. Like I like the design uh, how the handle is? It, it feels nice when you do it, but for some reason, like even with it extended, sitting on my front deck, I was in a bonafide, and it just took up too much space to where, like I was getting hooked on a uh, fish finder and foot pedals yeah. and other stuff like that, trying to land fish.
3: That's the I had a lot of the same issues on the Frontier Twelve. I had it, and the Flint. I tried it on both. I tried doing it like behind me, broken down, and do the the flip, and that just does not ever work out smooth. I, and then I try laying it over on the front of the boat and I'll still, I'll hang it up. Like I've got the, uh, roto grip paddle holders. Yeah. I've had it catch those. And that's why I sold it uh, to Sean. He's when we do the meetup, he's going to get it from me. He's in that Hobie oh, though. Nice. He'll probably enjoy it.
4: Yeah. Okay. that's True. Yeah. I forgot about, I forgot you, uh, we're selling that.
3: Mm-hmm. But, I went uh, back yeah. to the, my trusty rusty G two net.
4: Yeah. I got the same one you do too. Now, uh, too and uh i sold my yak tag net to uh, jordan gibson over in indiana and he 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 loves it he's on a big rig though so it's a bigger yeah, some, boat. some
3: people really like it i just i finally bit the bullet and bought one and i thought i could kind of make myself figure out how to get it on the boat and like it but i just no matter where it was it was either like i, I was having it like laying down you know i always keep two or three rods in front of me I would have a rod lay over and the line wrap the, uh, the little cup that your forearm sits in Yeah. and you'd pick the rod up and flip the net over and that'd fall out of the boat. Or if <laughs> I had two rods laying on the deck, when I'd pick the net up to net a fish rods, go everywhere. It, I have videos of me trying to use that thing and it looks like I've never been in a kayak before. It's just so bad.
4: <laughs> I know you, you go and watch a uh, Gene Jensen's video. There, you look through all the comments and he's flipping his net grab yeah. it reaching behind flipping it out and it's just like everybody's like he's, calling him like he's the pulling kayak. a gun out
3: of a holster man he's like Krush.
4: yeah they call yeah. him the kayak fishing ninja because of it <laughs> i've seen comments multiple comments saying that i'm like that that it's impressive though how he does it just
3: oh so dude yeah I, I set it up in my box the same way he did and was like oh i can do this dude no it hung up <laughs> in the box i hit the seat i hit the paddle holder or, not...
4: or a rod that's like hanging up or sticking straight up behind oh, you. Oh no, I've done that,
3: man. It, it yeah. the the handle would go right through the net. I'd pick yep. the net up, and out goes the rod. Yep, done that before too. Yep, maybe it's just for the more coordinated people.
4: <laughs> I guess I don't know. Some people just have their setup so dialed in, man. It's it's impressive. Yeah, but um,
3: yeah. Anything else on the Yak Tech net?
2: No, man, that's it. Um,
3: yeah. I think it's definitely a good net for the price. You know, yeah, if you want yeah, to touch yeah, yeah. on that. What's it's the a lot more expensive, but it's also you know, it's pretty quality.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I
2: think it's made quality materials. I think they run, what, 85 bucks or something? Yeah,
3: they're either yeah. 79 or 89 right now, I think. Which I think the price went up because they have like an extended handle on one of them. They're two mm-hmm. different sizes. There was something else because I was looking it up before we started. It like, they oh, have one without fit.
4: the little cup, I think, or it's something extended handle, one without the cup or something yeah. like that. I don't know. Yeah. But were, you, you brought up a question, uh, the, the flipping mechanism. Uh, do you guys ever w- worry about the uh, little nubs that catch and lock? Do you ever, you, would you worry about that like wearing out every time?
0: At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history.
4: I
2: mean, I'm sure it could. I I've never had an issue, and I've had mine for like a year and a half, I think. Um, but I don't like flip it open and close. The only time I close it up really is um, when I'm throwing it in the back of the truck.
3: You it's, know, for- that's definitely a question we should email Gene about. Like, if you if yeah. you warn yours out yet?
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just so I've always wondered that. Interesting question.
0: Yeah,
3: I I thought the same thing because mine already, it seems I've only used mine for a few months and I've noticed like if I hold mine upside down and just barely flick my wrist, I can pop it loose. And I don't I don't know if that's the way it's supposed to be, because just like he said, like the very first time I tried to net a fish in it, when I picked it up, it spun over and I didn't even really realize it because I was, you know, so the the handle goes across and then it kind of comes up like a pistol grip. I was holding it there and I wasn't really worried about locking my arm in and I scooped the fish and just like Brian said, it just, you know, just folded up on me. And I was like, well, yeah, I already don't
4: I, like this thing. <laughs> I've never thought about that. That's funny. Never yeah. had it happen though. I, I only used it for about half a year though. So
3: Everything that I thought I hated about my, my G2 net that I would fix when I got my Yak Attack net, I realized... No, those are perfectly fine little problems that I could live with or fix. Like, like the G two net, like I felt like it needed to be a little longer, so I bought bought the Ectech net because it was longer. Mm-hmm. Well, and now I'm seeing that's definitely not the case because the longer and bigger hoop and everything just was more bulky on the front of the deck. And yeah. I don't know. I agree, man. That's why I
4: switched to the G two, also, but. All right, Brian, I know you got to run.
3: So thanks for yeah, jumping man. on here.
2: Yeah, no problem, guys. Enjoy.
4: Yep.
3: Later, boss man.
5: See you, big boss.
3: Armando, it's your What's turn, up? man.
5: Well, what I'm net, here. What to, net are you using? I'm here to represent the conscience budget buyers. I, I went all out. I did all of my research, man. I even got my net with me. Anything? There you go. <laughs> but one thing that I will say about the net before I go into which one I use is like, I always try to think of the, especially when it comes to the podcast about the budget, budget contents, you know, because not everybody is willing to spend a lot of money and I don't like to frustrate. I know I got used to get frustrated watching YouTube videos of people just, you know, high end equipment. I'm like, and making it seem like, oh, you need to have this in order to, you know. Bass fish, or you know, and I, I I, don't like it. I don't like to push products like mm-hmm. unless I really believe it. I don't like it to people to feel like they have expense. So I did have some uh, funny experiences, two of them that made me kind of like um, choose a net. First of all, I used to, when I started kayak fishing, I also started doing the um, um, float tubing thing. For crappy fishing. Um, and I had a friend of mine that had a float tube and all the equipment. So I would borrow his stuff and we would go out crappy fishing. And I had a net on the back of it because if you've ever done float tubing, they're kind of impressive how much stuff you can put in those float tubes. But I dropped and and I thought, yeah, you know, okay, don't float, you know, and I'll grab the first time using a net. But in my mind, I thought, yeah, it's a net for the water. It's a landing It has to float. And it ended up sinking. And I had to <laughs> buy a new name for my buddy. I'm like, what the? I this net doesn't, so that's one of the things that I learned the first time is that I have to grab a net that's going to float. That's to me, that's one of the most important things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other thing is like, and this happened to me last week, we we're out with my buddy who actually got me into kayak fishing. Now he bought a 14 foot long boat and he loves to go fishing for stripers and sand bass. And he's also a very conscious buyer and he has this Little net for bait fish, and we're out fishing. And I told him, dude, one of these days you're gonna hook one of us is gonna hook him to a big striper or a hybrid. And all you have this is crappy little net. And sure enough, last week he <laughs> got hooked to a big um wiper. And I'm worried with the net. And he's like, I'll oh, get it, get it. I'm like, dude, if you didn't have a decent sized net, not a bait fish net, maybe we would have landed it by now. We got it on the boat, but the the, I mean, the thing was like halfway out of the net while I'm trying to get it on this. And if you ever fish on a lone boat, you know they're they're not like a bass boat, which really low on the water. You kind of like have to really bring it up. So that's the other thing that I've learned. You know, one of I want to get a net that's big enough for the biggest bass that I'm gonna fish, and I usually do just bass fishing and striper and wipers. So, um. And I wanted it to float. So I went with the H, like I said, I'll show it for those who are watching on YouTube, the waiters net from H from Academy. I think Academy's um, brand is H2O Express, yeah. which is really cheap stuff. But some of it, especially their swim baits. You ever try an H2O swim bait? Those things are money and they're super cheap. Well, that's oh, yeah. the net I got and it was like $19. And when you go to the Academy website or any website, I think it's ridiculous so the some of the prices on the net Um for something that to me is not that big of an advantage, and that you really it's not it's essential to have a net, but you really don't need to spend hundred and fifty dollars like you watch, like you go in, if you scroll through Academy's website, it's like really one hundred and fifty dollars for a landing net that's ridiculous. Yeah, and that's what. And there are some that you, I always, I'm, like I said, I'm a conscious buyer. Every time I'm going to buy something, like when I went to buy my kayak, I did a ton of research, read a bunch of blogs, listened to uh, podcasts, watch videos to determine which of the two I was going to choose, whether it was the Hobie Outback or the Predatorpedia, which has con- just come out when, at that time. So I spent like weeks and I'm not saying you have to do the same thing for a net. That's a little bit more simple. But my my point is do research um, and read re- reviews on products before you buy them. If you have never used them, if you don't have a buddy that has them, can't give you direct feedback, read it. Because I know like the, uh, um, the Academy has another one called the H2O Express, which is kind of like a yak attack where it folds. Mm-hmm. And it's only $29. And you think like, well, that's a lot cheaper. But if you read the reviews, I think there's all the reviews is except for one is one star, and all it's the same thing. It works unless you catch a big fish. As soon as you catch a big fish, that thing is gonna break, fold up. Fold yeah. up. So there you go. So there's you can go uh, budget friendly, but you know read on it. To me, I don't need. I don't see the point of having a long. Handle on the on the net because I don't first of all I'm super clumsy I could never have a folding net I would be I would be just losing rods overboards because it got caught on the net um, you know I would just be all over the place with a big net that has mechanism to it like a folding So to me that it's a big enough net where I can catch a big striper and I'll still be able to land it comfortably it floats it has a tether to it where I can just wrap it around my wrist or Click it on the on the kayak when I'm, you know, going far distance and worried about falling off or it's windy or stuff like that. And another thing that Brian mentioned and uh, Jimmy, you mentioned is that it's the rubber net. That's mm-hmm. I think that's the most underrated part of the um, of the of the net that people don't get. It's like if you get one of those like I don't know, fiber style nets, yeah, you ones. know. Yeah, especially if you're in a tournament, you're going to spend 15 minutes trying to get that crankbait out, out of that. Oh, you no, just, man. I mean, the I've, bite is I've hot. Been in, you know.
3: I've been in a tournament, caught a crankbait in it, fishing, and literally like when I saw it hang up in there, I just cut the line. I like, was like, <laughs> well, nope, that's gone until I get home. You know, yeah. It'll still be there when I get home, too.
5: And I was fishing the KBBB Texas the other day. My first fish was a decent-sized fish I caught on a chatterbait. Um, it was dark. It, the sun hasn't still come up. So I grab it with the net um, and the thing is fumbling everywhere. Um, and I finally managed to hold it, but I dropped the net. And just the fact that I was like, yeah, I don't have to worry about it. I just let the net float away because I was in the lake. I'm not in the river at that point. So I was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll, let me take the picture. Let me focus on taking the picture, measuring this, make sure I get the right picture. Then I'll paddle 10, 15 feet to get the net and that's what i did so i think that's something that everybody should be looking if you're going to get a landing net make sure it floats that's a huge and the rubber net you know make sure it's rubber not fiber or whatever other products so So this what's up go ahead oh
4: i was gonna say the uh uh, i've used nets that have nylon uh who makes that i think uh is that ranger brand i think it's called or maybe aluminum shaft and then it has the nylon that's what i started out with absolutely hate that net it doesn't float like like mentioned before the crankbaits get stuck in it treble hooks it's pain to get out especially when you get those uh, little nylon uh strings they they twist open and then they create those little gaps in there and then you're Hooks get stuck in there
3: somehow, like, and, and they never just get stuck. They yeah, it goes in and out, in weave, and out. They weave a tapestry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the truth. I, I needed that net, man. I had to like, put. You a little can drop 40. a crankbait on it, not move, and by the time you get down there to look at it, it's wrapped forty-seven <laughs> like times. Pretzel. Yeah, it is. It's stupid. And that so little. I, I started with. I started with a. Uh, I don't know the brand name. I got it at Walmart, but it's a trout net. Mm -hmm. Um, It was rubber, but I mean, it's tiny. I mean, the handles that long, Mm -hmm. you know, and you could, well, there went that light. (laughs) (laughs) He's getting excited. (laughs) You could use it to catch big fish, but it's like you've seen, you see trout fishermen, like fly fishermen, they'll catch a fish that's way bigger than the net. They'll have it like head down in it. And that's about it. And then hug it to them. So I tried that for a little while because you could keep it out of the way. First time you catch a fish over like 18 inches, you're like, okay, no, too much chance of that. Well, then I just got into where I was just like, just boat flip it, you know, touch its face, just bring it to you, grab its face, don't even worry about it. And I'm still really guilty of that. I'll have the net on the front of the boat. I don't care because I had best story I had. I got the G2 landing net and uh, for anybody that hasn't, uh, it's the same net that, Armando has. There's just another another brand name. It's Foreverlast yeah. G2. I'd
4: say they look exactly the same.
3: They're the same net. Um check out Greg Blanchard's video. He does a video on um, how he uses the net, and then there was another guy that did a video, I can't remember his name, on how he extends the handle, but you basically just cut the foam handle off. Yep. And you epoxy on a piece of like inch and a quarter PVC and then wrap it. Like I wrapped mine in uh the tennis racket grip tape. Just because it's kind of spongy, but you're, uh
4: you're talking about Yankee tanker that did that's the, him
3: I knew this. it was something tanker, but I wasn't gonna just throw it out there I couldn't remember
4: yeah i I actually did it that does that every episode I'm an idiot I was <laughs> free to turn it off <laughs> but uh he I watched that video I did the handle the same way on mine and uh well a little different but I did it exactly same way I got a twenty four inch pVc pipe Uh, one inch cut the foam off and then i epoxied that onto the handle underneath and then what he did was use like this grip tape that is made it's like cushion grip tape for a baseball bat yeah i didn't want i didn't want to make my handle thicker so i got the really thin baseball grip tape
3: yeah
4: and I, i just wrapped it all in black and then the bottom part a lot of people usually put a pvc cap I don't like that just because it makes it bulkier on the end. Yeah, I, don't I, I bought either. a rubber stopper and I I just beat
3: it up in there and then I wrapped it in black grip tape. Mine's wide open and it's never been a problem. I use a, I took a twenty four. I think I cut mine down a little bit so when I'm holding mine, it doesn't quite extend past the elbow. Mm-hmm. And that's something I thought I did wrong because I wasn't sure I liked it because I, I had a big fish come off on. A, it was actually at the Bassmaster event on Logan Martin. Uh, it was like 30 minutes into fishing. My first fish was like a, probably guessing like 18, 19 inch spot, which is really good for out there. And, um, I was fishing a Carolina rig first time I've ever done it. So you got like four feet a liter
1: mm-hmm.
3: and I had my hand holding the rod, like as far back behind me as it could. And I had my hand on the net as far out as I could and I could barely touch the fish and he slacked up and got off. And I, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I got to get the, the yak attack net. I need the longer net. And then all I've had is trouble with that net. Probably not the net, you know, it's just not for me. It just, it's too much going on. But like my, my, my best story with the, that G2 net was, uh, last year we had a, a lake or a tournament on a lake down here locally. It's kind of like Lanier. It's a deep clear lake, a lot of big spotted bass. And, uh, I bought a net for that lake because the spots there are just so aggressive and they just run and jump the whole time so i get out there my first fish i catch a 19 three-quarter spot in deep water bringing it in a long distance so i get it in close and my buddy's got it all on video i'm reaching around looking for my net and that's gone and you just hear me in the video say but my net's gone so i end up it was like a four pound pre-spawn spot i just boat flipped it and then uh when we got back because i thought it sank i was like so much for floating because i couldn't find it Huh. So, when we get back to the put in, my truck's sitting up on a uh, riprap wall at the road overpass. When I took my net or my boat off the trailer, the net caught the trailer and was dangling from my trailer. <laughs> it was just, That's it was hilarious. so funny when you come rolling around the corner and see the truck. And I was like, ah, oh, there it is.
4: It, I've had friends, I've had stuff like that happen to friends uh, where they'll get it caught in trees and it'll just be hanging by like a little
3: twig. <laughs> We'll go back.
4: You'll be like, oh, there it is.
3: <laughs> I, I haven't so. hung my net in the tree. I had to snatch a rod out of one of the rod holders last weekend.
4: Yeah. So Thank you're God not Frank using was hung up. <laughs> yeah.
3: So you're not using the long uh, handle anymore then at all, right? Well it's it's still on there. It's uh but I think mine's like twenty two inches. Oh, okay. I took I took it could be twenty. I I took the two foot PVC and I know I cut off some of it. I can't remember how much, but it's not it's not as long as basically everybody else that follows that video. Mine's not that long, but the, with the way Armando has his was definitely too short for me just because like I do a lot of leaders and stuff like that. It, it seems like the only time I really use a nets when I'm drop shotting.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, I don't really know why, but like,
5: like, like maybe the is- on-
0: Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal
5: Because uh, I, I figured it because if it's finesse fishing, the line is, you know, lighter. You don't want to break it off. Maybe that's why you're using it. or no. Yeah,
3: that That's probably it. Because I mean, I have boat flipped on a drop shot, and that's probably the stupidest thing you can do. Like, there's <laughs> yeah. no, I, I really,
5: no way to do, do that graciously.
3: <laughs> no. I, I, I'm really a, get into tying knots, you know, so I always know my knot, for the most part, my knots are good. Yeah. But when I boat flipped that four pound spot, I don't know what I was thinking. Like, I don't know why I didn't just grab it. I was just like, "Whoop, come on in!" And then I was like, "Wow, that line didn't break." Because it's like ten pound test. Yeah. But uh, but no, it. Like when I frog fish and stuff like that, like this time of year, most places I fish are just so heavy grass. You, I've caught fish that are so marred up in the grass when you go to dip the net to them, you can't get through the grass yeah. to get the fish. There's no reason to be using it at that point.
5: Yeah. To me, uh, if it's if fits a treble hook, I'll use the net just because you know, I don't. It's kind of to me. It's kind of stupid if you try to lift a fish and it has like, uh, <laughs> like like a jerkbait with three treble hooks. You know, he's whopper yeah, or whopper who plopper. <laughs> so I use the net pretty much on that. And unless like if it's like a Texas rig or a frog, unless it's like really heavy, like I like I got like I don't know a four or five pounder. And more of it because the safety of the fish, like I don't want to harm the fish, you know, I don't want to rip a lip, you know, sometimes I'll see, I get a big gash on them, especially if I just get it on that soft tissue behind the lip where it almost rips it off. That's the only reason why I rather use the net. Again, if it's a big fish or on a single hook, or if it's regardless of the size, unless it's a real thing um, on a treble hook, then I'll probably yeah. use the net.
3: Yeah, yeah I've, I'm I'm guilty of the every now and then, you know treble hooks. I'll just lip them anyway. But I've got a I've got a video I'll have to show y'all. It's a, from last year. I was spook fishing on Gunnersville, caught a I can't even remember if it was a bass or a stripe. I was just I was just in a school of fish going crazy. I get it in the boat, you know. I'm holding it by the lip. I'm going to undo the hooks, and it shakes and it throws the spook into my leg, and yeah. you can see one of the hooks. Pull my skin away and then pop out because I just got lucky and it didn't sink to the barb. But oh. you just hear me in the video just go, "Ow!" <laughs> <laughs> but I got a cool still shot of it. Like you can see my skin sticking away from the my leg for like an inch.
4: Oh. It's, it's
3: so close, and I still haven't learned my lesson. But like I'm the world's worst whopper plopper, especially if I catch one whopper plopper. I'm just gonna lip wherever that thing's not, or hold it by the belly, or no, <laughs> I learned I, that I in cannot, the hallway.
4: I cannot do that with smallmouth, man.
3: Dude, I'm telling you, it's by the grace of God and God only that I haven't went to the hospital with <laughs> a treble hook buried in my something.
4: That is that is one of my fears, like biggest fears when I'm fishing, dude. I, I just I see all these pictures. I'm like, man, I never want that to happen. Oh, man. No.
3: I thought I witnessed it firsthand this weekend. It wasn't a treble hook. Just a, a quick story. Went fishing with my buddy Dan on one of our backwaters. He's fishing a frog. He hangs it up in a tree, and we all just pop him out of the tree. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. I, I'm back behind him. <laughs>
5: He oh, loads boy. this
3: tree up like a slingshot. Oh, my God. I hear that pop loose. It moved so fast. I ne- It's a black frog, a big one. I never saw the frog. All I could see was the loop and the line coming, and in my head, I was like, damn, that's going to be close. <laughs> it hit him in the face, and it sounded like someone slapped him just backhanded. <laughs> so I just die laughing. And he just turns around and looks at me and says, that effing hurt. And I just, I just started dying
5: laughing. So Imagine I my, if we got the bird lip, um, hook. Yeah, so I've got my
3: face in my hands laughing, and I take my hands down and look up, and this dude's leaking. I was like, oh, my God. So I go over there and look at him, and he's got a hole, a hole, and a hole. And I was like, Dad, gum, what happened? So we got looking, Wait. and this particular frog he was using, he noticed after a minute, he took a picture of himself to look while he's cleaning up. He said, hold on. He flips the frog over and holds it up to his face. It's the eyelet and the two hook tips. But he could fit it (laughs) like a puzzle piece on his face. But that was... That's the closest I've seen in person of somebody... Like, I thought when he turned around, he was going to have those two giant heavy frog hooks just hanging from his eye socket or something. Yeah. It was so bad. You
4: guys heard uh, Adam Reiser's uh, story about his Oh, yeah, yeah.
3: He's a buddy of mine. That... Man. Hooks used to be the scariest thing. I do a lot of heavy flipping in the winter, yeah. like he does. That is, I've had tungsten fly by my head,
5: mm-hmm.
3: and now I'm literally scared to death of that because I like my teeth. Like, yeah. Uh, uh
4: who did who who did that article on him? I forget who it was.
3: Oh, I don't know. I didn't know there was one.
4: Yeah, there's so there's an article floating around somewhere on the internet. But if you type in
3: angler gets web. hit in the
4: <laughs> teeth by. Tungsten, it should pop up, and Adam Riser on there. You can read the whole story if you don't know what we're talking about. But uh, yeah, you go on, uh, go on his uh, Instagram page uh, back in. I think it was January, February, or something like that, right? Yeah. yeah,
3: Dude's a trooper, man. He knocked his teeth out and kept fishing.
4: Yeah, you see the pictures of his teeth knocked out.
3: It, it's pretty, and he didn't. He didn't hardcore. do anything about it until a couple of months ago. <laughs> like he just rocked it for most of the tournament season, and then he. I don't I haven't I mean I've talked to him. I, I don't want to just be like, so what's up on them teeth, bro? But like <laughs> Yeah. Damn. Yeah, new fear. I
5: like, actually yo. had um another thing that's great to use the net. Like when I started doing the, um, the crappy fishing on the on the float tubes, the day that I lost the net. I didn't realize, and I'm sure a lot of people that are listening know this already. I learned it the hard way. I was coming in on Sher Carbasson's post the other day. She caught a catfish. So I caught a channel catfish. So I lost the net. So I just grabbed it. I didn't know that channel catfish on their dorsal fins side, they actually, behind it, there is actually a spine, like a hollow spine that actually can. Yeah. And it actually, I was reading, and this is, I mean, based on what I read in Google. So it says that it's actually venomous. It's not going to kill you or anything like that, but it's venomous. So I had it, I caught the little channel catfish. And of course he's, you know, trying to get away. And that, I mean, if you're watching on YouTube, that spine got hit on this knuckle right here. Mm -hmm. Worst pain I've ever felt in my life. You need to get spined by a saltwater catfish. It is so much worse. I heard I heard about that so but much. But that, that thing took a I'm not kidding, like a month for me to be able to close my hand. Like I can close like I couldn't close this finger completely. Like that's as far as I could close it for like a month until I finally got my movement back. It's it just was, like getting stabbed with a knife, man. Like, it is yeah. horrible. Horrible so, And I was like, wow, well, okay, now I know catfish go on net now. From well, now on.
4: I know we're getting a little bit off topic here, but there's another video out there that I think's hilarious. <laughs> uh so two these two girls were fishing one of them caught a catfish like that she picks it up and goes to slap her friend with it and the horn oh, shaking yeah. out the side gets stuck in her leg
3: <laughs> yeah i've seen that
4: it's so funny like <laughs> she's standing there like what do i do
5: yeah no <laughs> that, that's ugh. awesome they didn't so catfish are so nasty ugh. yeah do you, I know this is your show, Brad, so I don't want to ask questions, but, but I'm just curious where do you guys put the net when you're out there fishing? Because I'm assuming that that's a lot of maybe some of the listeners that are kind of getting into this. What do, do you put the net to kind of be out of the way but still accessible when you.
4: Yeah, I was going to touch on that before we got on the tangent of getting hit in the face. And my stuff. bad. Sorry. no it's
3: all good
4: <laughs> it's a fun topic so we had
5: to go <laughs> yeah, I have to those we'll have to next.
3: do a side show with like kayak anglers worst injuries and have like adam awesome, on
4: them. Dude. find yeah, somebody awesome. that's
5: like buried three trebles in them or something
4: <laughs> that would
5: be awesome that's a good idea I'll keep get going. somebody with one <laughs> eye and the eye patch is like okay tell us your story
3: <laughs> <laughs> nine inch <Yeah. puddles>, <laughs> anyway back to the nets <laughs> All right, so I
4: a lot of you guys that follow me on Instagram, you know that I switched over to a new canoe pursuit. So I, I'm doing things a little different. Um, I'm keeping my net in that little tray part. I don't know if you, I don't know if anybody's familiar with that kayak or not, but they got like a little tray that is like sunken in, that is flush with the uh, deck of the kayak. It's below the gunnels, and it's probably, I don't know, what do you say, one foot by one foot square. yeah
3: it's like 18 by
4: 12 yeah something like that uh i'm keeping my net setting on top of that little edge before it goes down in there and then i have my uh my handle sticking down onto the deck Uh, i like that more than what i've been doing sitting on hatches and stuff because that handle only sticks into the deck area probably like six inches maybe yeah and if you're familiar with the pursuit, you know that has a wide open deck space. And a... and then that's
3: still like four feet in front of you.
4: Yeah. And that's why I like the longer uh, handle for that. Because I can just reach and grab that real quick and then, you
3: know, scoop. Something I do on the new canoe, because the new canoes all have that sharp pointed bow. Yeah. Is I flip my, well, I say flip it over. That net really isn't directional. But I basically like net over the end of the boat. Nice. So like. You basically just cover up the, the tip end of the boat and mm-hmm. leave it laying like that. And that way it keeps the ring out of the way. Um, if you're somebody that brings lures straight back into the front of the boat, it probably wouldn't work because you'd probably catch the foam. No. But I always, no matter where I'm fishing, I always like come back to the side. Yep. Whether some I like a buddy of mine, he brings it straight back to him. That's fine. I just I go to the side. So keeping the net hook basically hooked over the front, like you're trying to net your boat. And then I just leave the, you know, like, I'll either have a uh, uh, roto grip holder, kind of cockeyed to hold the end of it, or like on the Frontier, I don't have a, uh, on the Pursuit, I had the console, so it mm-hmm. had the roto grip, and the Flint has a console, so it has one, but on the Frontier, I don't have anything up there, so the handle will sit down and in the deck like you're talking about.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just feel like that's the best area for it, and that so, is the only it's... reason I extended the handle. If if it wasn't for the seat being back so far from that area, I probably would have the short handle still.
3: But the only thing I didn't like about the short handle was, I mean, and you can do it. You, you catch a big heavy fish, no matter what it is. Like Brian was saying, like I've caught, I think I caught a tw- It was like ten or twelve pound drum last year. Mm-hmm. And if you try to, you get an awkward angle and you just scoop that with that short handle. It's a lot of like strain on your wrists. Mm -hmm. you know my wrists aren't the greatest from like working out and stuff like that so having that little bit of handle you can brace it on your forearm and you can really gain some leverage on it and that that was the big reason for going to the longer handle for me rather than you know than anything really wasn't the the reach it was the easier to pick up yeah so when
4: you're uh when you're going to scoop you pick up the handle where exactly do you grab on the handle like approximately like a foot back from the hoop
3: or I I usually grab halfway between the bottom of the opening of the mouth of the net and the bottom of the handle because that, that just gives me, it puts the, the end of the PVC will be about two inches from the tip of my elbow. Yeah. And it like, it, it gives me just a perfect like inline hold of it. And then I usually, I usually dip straight down and bring to me. I don't usually, some people do like the dip where they like, Kind of bring the fish up, and you kind of get under it and scoop it yeah, in. Yeah, I do I it like it. they show you do, like a like if you're a back boater or a co angler, you know they want you to you never come in from behind. You always bring the head of the fish in. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of do the same way. Like I'll I'll get turned sideways and I'll make the the net and the fish meet. You know okay. head on the few times that I do use it because I really do. I bet you eight out of ten fish I just flip it or lip it because how I many just have to touch them.
4: How many rods have you broken? doing that well <laughs> oh. i think one. Oh, okay
3: you took I too i think long. that rod was broken because i smacked it with a piece of tungsten
4: <laughs> yeah they're uh i i've broken one rod boat flipping uh i've talked to josh smith at dark waters he's broken multiple rods boat flipping which i don't know if you guys see his videos he posts on instagram yeah a lot of people the the way he nets his fish i'm like that's why you're breaking your net but
3: uh, yeah, no, I I I put a lot of faith in those Dobbin rods. Um, I've broke a few of the Dobbins rods, but it's all been me being stupid. Like, I'll get it hung in a tree, and instead of just going to get it, I'll try to bring the tree down, and the rod breaks, <laughs> and it's completely my fault. I've, yep, I've done it before. Like, I've boat flipped stupid things. Like, I snagged a log and, like, 30-pound piece of wood, and... I was so mad. I just was like, Rrr! I don't care. <laughs> when
5: all but, yeah, the only
3: one I've broke flipping was my flipping stick. And I didn't know this until watching a Greg Blanchard video. That's how I went back and thought about it. Um, he flipped a mist one day in one of his videos and a one ounce tungsten smacked his rod. And he said, man, mm. that rod's going to break next time I hook a fish. And he literally next cast hooked a fish, snaf- snapped the rod in half. and, like I do that, I've f- done that a quite a few times, and like that was what I was doing that day. And I was like, "Oh, I guarantee you, that's what caused that, is yeah. swinging and missing with an ounce and a half tungsten."
5: You know that that's an and that's kind of like off subject, but I've learned that the hard way when, especially, um, on my finesse um, setups, like the spinning re- um, spinning reel and the spinning. Set up, whatever. Um, I'll have like a net rig. Um, and then instead of just hooking it, you know, on the base of it, sometimes if I have like a Texas rig or something, I don't want to keep messing up the plastic. So I don't want to keep hooking it on hooking it when I'm you not know, using it. So I'll let it just like, you know, reel it up all the way to the almost to the top and just let it dangle a little bit. And that piece of tungsten is going to, you know, as you start kayak fishing, it's going to start hitting. The, the rod tip or, you know, just below the rod tip constantly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, for those that, I, I'm trying to picture it and I know we're getting off topic here, but if you like, like, like an egg, if you have an egg and I'll pretend this is an egg, this is just the uh, mouse, but an egg, if you try to break it um this way, like press on mm-hmm. it, it'll never break because the fibers are made. But if you go on the side and you just press it on the side or break, same thing with a rod. The rod is meant to have that power Thank you. Um, But if you hit it on the side constantly with like a tungsten weight or whatever weight, um, it's going to, it's hitting it from the side. So that it's breaking that fiber. And next time you hook into something, you're going to break it. It has happened to me a couple of times and I've learned with time to, you know, um, to stop doing that, you know, just get the plastic out and just hook it on the you know on the little hook keeper and stop just having dangling on the top which i see a lot of people do it's funny you're talking
3: about the parabolic bend a <laughs> buddy of mine this weekend we're talking about it so i'm gonna just throw it out there guy was asking him about one of the rods he was using and he grabbed it and pulled the line said yeah it bends
5: great and snapped it in half <laughs> <laughs> I was <laughs> I was with my, my buddy on Bass Pro Shop and my wife was with me. She's like, "Hey, we're going to stop at Bass Pro Shop. My buddy's there. We want to buy some stuff." <laughs> so, my wife is looking at this huge like 10-foot crappy rods that are very flexible. And she's asking my buddies like, "Why are they like what is those for?" And he's like, he grabs this like, "Oh, it's because it bends. It's meant it for crappy. He bends it and he breaks it in half." And me and my wife were connected. We're like best friends. So as soon as we both saw that, I. Booked it to one aisle, my wife booked it to the other eye. <laughs> y'all you know, just dipped on him, and he's standing all by himself looking at the <laughs> and, and we came back like thirty seconds. <laughs> like, god damn, y'all bail on me for a second. I look back, and you were both gone. I'm like, I'm going this way. She's going that way. We got nothing to do with you.
4: <laughs> you the, those speaker phones that you find in stores, you should have got on one. Been like, you break
5: it, you buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure the. The security, whoever's watching the security cameras, probably laughing their butt off just oh, watching me and my wife run in the opposite direction and pretend we're not with him. And he's yeah, like, That's, that's eight, what we were, were talking about.
3: My buddy was talking about. He's over trying to sell a rod to a guy, like, Yeah, this brand's great. Snap. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't need that piece of junk. <laughs> that's
4: hilarious, man
3: can't do that with a net though. I was fixing to say I have I seriously haven't broken net. I haven't pulled any of the webbing off of one. I haven't like I've actually you you know the rubber netting does stop you for the most part of actually hooking it. I have sank a hook through the rubber hmm. and it still came back out. You know, pair of pliers and pop, it was right back out. Yeah, but I haven't had the webbing break away from the ring on either of those nets, the Yak Attack net or the G2 net. Um, I don't think I've had any of the foam come off either one of them either. I haven't had they both float. Yeah, perfectly good. The G2 net I feel like is probably the better in that category. The foam surround of the whole thing it floats perfect like like i was saying i will like he said i'll unhook the fish and just be like oh it's in the way throw it out go get it later
4: yeah Yeah, that that foam on those nets man they are glued onto the
3: shaft oh yeah dude getting that little bit of foam off the handle sucked (laughs)
5: man (laughs) because they they use an epoxy like yeah i was going back to what we're talking about the um the placement on the net. One thing that I've learned is like, I have like a Hobie Outback, so I'll put it on the, you know, if, if you're familiar with the Hobie Outback, it has like a four rod holders built in into the hole and they're like, you know, kind of for trolling. So the rods are sticking outwards. So that's where I put mine on on the one behind me on my right. I'm left, I cast with my left. So if there's anything I just grab with my hand, right hand and bring it over. So it's perfect. The one thing that I would tell everybody that's listening, if you're not, if you're getting into the net thing and you're starting off in kayak fishing, make sure the the net is as far away from the rod, especially and the reels as possible. Because at the beginning, you know, I didn't think about that, and there were times where I just pick up the net, and there (laughs) goes one rod flying. And even if it floats, it's still, you know, your reel now is full of water. So that's one thing that I would say to, again, if you're getting into this kayak fishing uh, mayhem, keep that net away from, you know, when you, when you, you know, when you, you know, practice how you're going to grab the net and how you're going to bring it to you. And make sure on that swing that you're going to do, there's no rods or reels next to it that are going to get caught and fly away. Cause that's a
3: it's hilarious how much of the kayak fishing is trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's like, how did you oh, get yeah. to where you are? Well, three rods in the river, two broken nets, a lot of crankbaits. I couldn't get out later.
4: And, Here we are. And it's funny. Like I know my personal experience, kayak fishing, I have bought so much stuff and I've experimented with so much stuff and, and I've sold so show. much stuff. And then I get more stuff just to try it to see if it fits my style. Me a, and you man, man,
3: Dude, I'm a sucker for if it, it's not like, I'm not one of the guys that, you know, they say you can catch the fish or catch the fisherman with a product. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's not like, I'm not all about like, ooh, that's going to work. I literally just buy stuff to see if it works, whether how gimmicky it is or not. I'm going to try it. If it's great, I'm going to tell everybody about it. And if it sucks, I'll tell you that too. Like, but I want to touch every product I can, bait, you know, rods, reels, like, that's why like. For me to like be on Dobbins' team and talk about Dobbins, I have went through a lot of rods to get to that point. Like mm-hmm. same thing with Shimano. I have no affiliation with Shimano. I grew up on Abu Garcia, and you know, uh, I'm trying to remember what the other brand is, Quantum. Mm-hmm. And since I've got into the Shimanos, I, I just feel like that's my superior choice. Yeah, no. but but I feel you on that, man. Yeah, lot, lots of money I'll never get back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm done
4: with Abu Garcia, man. Really? I've, my, my, the only Abu yeah. Garcia
5: that I, that I use, and I think it's amazing, and I want to make a video of it on YouTube. Um,
0: Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
5: It's the, the Revo EXD. Mm-hmm. That thing cast a mile long. The and Revo Rocket it, is nice. Yeah, that thing for crankbaits, I mean, I, I'm impressed with how far I can cast even if it's less than a half ounce crankbait, it'll cast amazing. Um, and the the way it's built is just specifically for long distance casting. I love that. Yeah. That's the only Revo that I well, and I also have the Revo Beast for like big swim baits that I use usually for stripers and stuff like that.
3: Well, there you go, Brad. We need to do a rod and reel episode. Uh, no, uh, me and Josh
4: did one last year of our own little rods, but we didn't Josh, really go go into detail about it but yeah that'd be a good episode redo one again we could always talk about new products i guess i should go back and say my my abu garcia gear that i have used It's so i've i was only using the revo x spinning reel and then i've had like veritas rods and like their lower end stuff yeah yeah the rods are
5: not they're not their rods aren't good no (laughs) i have the that's my setup for big swim baits that people beast and the Veritas, and, uh, I mean, it works. I mean, I can't complain. It does cast uh, pretty far, but then again, I'm, I'm throwing either big spoons, you know, heavy heavy spoons or big swim baits, so. I'm course- bringing
3: a bunch of Dobbins with me yeah. to, this, to the meetup. Y'all are just going to have to give him a swing. I'll yeah. try them
4: out. Like I said, I tried some Douglas out recently uh, at Brian's, and I was like.
5: Yeah, you out number here, man, Jimmy. What's that? You number here, you got two Douglas guys. Well, well, and you had three Douglas guys for a second there until this guy. Man, left. I promise Dobbins are good. Dobbins are good rods,
3: though. Well, Douglas are good, too. But if yeah. you want to get in price point, I think for your money, you can't beat a Dobbins. I, I, I put Dobbins in most entry-level guys' hands. Like, I've been trying to sell Milford on them. Um, for somebody that doesn't want to spend a lot of money, yeah. dollar for dollar, you get way more out of a Dobbins than you do any other rod, in my opinion. Is that when I first got into it? Because I was like, "Man, I'm never going to spend over a hundred dollars on a rod." Yeah. That's changed a lot now. But oh
5: yeah, I'm the same. I learned the hard way. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
3: No, you're good.
4: Well, we're winding down here, man. You guys got anything else to add on the nets and stuff?
5: Not nah, to me. Like again, I try to think. Sorry, Jimmy, you were going to say something there. I cut you no, off. No, go ahead. No. Um, to me, I like I always think you know of. Of the people that are listening, you know, if, mm-hmm. if, you, if your budget is unlimited, then it's not. A real, just just get the the one you like. If you're really on a budget, I would recommend go to Academy, get that H two O Express. It it floats, it's rubber, it's big, it's only nineteen bucks. Listen, if it sucks, you, you only lost nineteen bucks. I Don't mean, get I think the, only, photos, the if one if that had photos- to
3: go with the handle and the grip. I think I was only in thirty dollars for everything. <laughs>
5: Yep, me yeah, me too. So and that that's my only thing. Like don't overspend. Don't don't think, you know, I get I get it a lot of guys on social media and you know we're guilty of it. I represent Douglas. Jimmy, you represent um uh um Dobbins and we try to be be you know you know advertise our products and And be honest about it and all that. But a lot of times I think people, especially on the social media, will try to get you to buy something that you don't really need. And I think net landing net is not something that you need to spend 100. I don't know how much – I don't care how much money I have. I don't see myself spending $150 on a landing net. I just don't. I can
3: can tell you straight up, and I can say it with all honesty. The only reason I bought the Akatak net, which is good quality, more expensive, is because of my – you know, When I was affiliated with Hook One, the the deal you get on gear, that's the only reason I was like, okay, yep. I'll spend the money and try the net. I would never pay retail for a net that expensive because the net only does so much of the job. And it's got more moving parts that can fail. the The yep. G2 net, the H2O net, everything we touched on that you want out of a net, you want it to be durable, you want it to be stiff, float, rubber net it has all of that for 19 dollars, and then the foreverlast g2 the one i have which you're, armando's is basically the academy version of it it's identical if you are not a person that likes to do the diy stuff and build one foreverlast makes one that is blue They you can get them an orange blue or green and you can get the blue and green ones that come with a two-foot handle on them already with the same foam so if, if you're not you know a savvy person or don't have tools you know you can Quickly, like Amazon search or Google search it, and you can find that net. And I think it's only like thirty-five or forty bucks, mm-hmm. which you're getting a quality net with the extended handle on it already, and it's already done.
5: Let yep. me ask you something, Jimmy, because um, you're you're more of an expert than I am on this, of course, but. I need tips that you touched on it a little bit. Yes, you are. Come on. Don't check it out. Um, <laughs> any, any tips out there on how to land? Because I know you mentioned something. That I was like, oh, I never knew that. That you're supposed to like bring the fish head first into the net. To me, it's like, this is chaos. I'm just trying to get the damn fish into the boat. I don't care how I do it. But is there a method to the madness as far as you're concerned of how to properly land a fish? And I know I lost a big fish because... I was clumsy with the net and I tried to get it on there. I think I hit the fish with the net and it just freaked out. And exactly. as I thought he was tired and all of a sudden it went berserk and it broke me off just because I thought he was tired already. And just him seeing the net just completely went berserk on me and I lost him. So is there anything out there that people should know, especially if you, how to use the net? You know, I don't know how, I mean,
3: I can say that it's true. So the reason I do it that way is I got just cussed up one wall and down the other, uh, backboat fishing with a guy. He hooked a fish like a five pounder and, you know, in the like panic of get it in, he was, you know, swinging it back and forth in the water. And when he turned it away, I ran up behind it and hit it and I didn't get it in the net. And then he spun around and put it in head first. And then he proceeded to chew me out because you can, like the way I did it, you can give the fish, you picking up its weight, you can create slack in the line. And like you said, when you make contact with it, it may give you one last little freak out and it can spit the hook because of the slack. Or if it's got like a heavy bait in it, you know, like they say, like a heavy bait, when it gets moving around, you can, it'll fling out. But just, I've always been taught to, like, I'll do it sometimes if I get their head up out of the water, I'll do the scoop from underneath. But I make sure that before I get anywhere near the fish, I'm directly under it where it's almost a guarantee. If it was to pop, it's going to, you know, gravity's going to take care of you. It's going to go in the net. But the majority of the time when I bring a fish in, you know, I'll, I'll choke up on the rod a little bit and I'll bring it face first into the, because you're not like putting the rod tip in. You know, you're going to have your your line off your rod, but just kind of let it casually just
5: swim itself in and then just meet it in the middle and then you're done. Do you take the net directly? When I'm saying before you even put the net on the water, do you take it directly to the fish or do you just like on the side of the kayak? I don't know if you No, I got you. And then I bring it up to like, um, you know, it it's, a,
3: it's a, it's a little bit of both. Um, like open, clear water. Um, I try my best to swim it in. Like I was saying, like I go, I'll put the net, in the water and as i'm coming to the fish i kind of close basically close your arms in so but i've i've had it where like when i'm fishing a long leader i'll i'll pull it up i'll have the net you know like at a 45 down in the water and i'll bring the fish straight to the net um i've done the complete scoop underneath like i've said but i only do that like if i'm holding the fish up like that you know like like if it's like a crankbait i don't know why it seems the way i do it with a crankbait I'll go ahead and load the rod up real hard with the crankbait so that it can't shake it loose because like it's basically hanging from all that weight. And and that's something you learn with time, too. When you're going to do something like that, you pay attention to how well you got the fish hooked. If I've only got one tip of the treble in it, it's a delicate situation. I'll try to net it as gracefully as I can, no matter what. I can't say there's an actual way to do it. It's all dependent on how you've got the fish hooked because like if you've got it hooked where... You've seen them when you you hook a fish with, like, a spook. It may get that front treble out, but the back treble will catch, like, near the gill Mm -hmm. plate. So that fish will come in sideways. So it's just totally different than, like, it's it's situational. But you just try try not to, for anybody that's new to using a net, because, like, I would still say I was new to it when I got in a kayak. Um, Just try not to make contact with the fish. Like you'll see people net and they'll hit the fish like in the gut. Like you want to try to get the net, the fish in the heart of the webbing
4: or, or have your uh, hooks get caught on the outside of the net and then lose the fish. I've I've done that. That sucks.
5: (laughs) (laughs) It does suck. Dude pisses me off. Yeah. God, that sucks. (laughs) One more question. I know Brad, this is your show. So I feel like I'm kind of disrespecting you by asking questions, but what do you, what do you, um, What's the best thing to do when you're taking a picture and you're posting it? like I've seen people that want to put the net underneath the uh the um hawk trough or the catchboard. Mm-hmm. I always like to to me I put the catchboard or the hawk trough on the floor on the hall and I just leave it there and then i what I do is I'll take one hand I'll take the picture, and on the other hand I'll have my net in fact, things starts flopping I'll just like you know catching i don't know you know just like from top, just like putting it down, make sure it doesn't jump out. Do you usually put the net? Like, what do you do to use the net to avoid losing a fish when you're taking a picture in a tournament? So if, what's that? Or do you use it that like, way? Oh, anyway.
4: I use, I definitely use the net. And I, I don't remember who I got the, I, this idea from, but I, I usually put the net on the side of the catch board where the fence is. I'll, I'll put the hoop where it's uh, vertical. And then uh, I'll put my uh, fence of the catch board inside the net, and uh, I'll take the fish, or I'll take the picture that way of the fish. And it's actually saved a couple fish for me because if you look how fish jump off of boards, they usually like shimmy their way off, and then they go off the side where the uh, where the fence is pointing. So having your net there vertical uh, with the hoop, those fish just shimmy right into the net, and it saves saves me from losing the fish
3: something you can do to even like increase your chances of because i've had it like in my titan i would lay the board across the gunnels Mm -hmm. and i would have the net but i've had one flop the opposite direction i've had one flop and get over the net um just a little tip would be and most of most of us already know this is like when i measure a fish i put the fence down at an angle Mm -hmm. And I either put the end of the board up on the gunnel, or if like you're using a a wide boat and you have a 26 inch hog trough or a catch board, like you can put your right foot under it and just prop your foot up. No. And uh, that that helps, too. And that way you just you got gravity working with you. It'll help keep the fish's mouth closed. And then it's more likely to ring your net if it you know, if it gets that belly flop up. You don't even have to like I don't I do the same thing both y'all do, but I don't have my hand on the net. I, I keep it up vertical. I don't have I my hand. Net, yeah. I keep the handle stuff down by the seat. Yep. And then I just shove the hog trough against it. So it's kind of holding the net there. Yep. And I mean, and I still would like my chances because like the net, the hoop's pretty big. You know, the fish gets in there. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll wrap itself up. So if somehow it snatched the net out of the boat, you still got a chance in my opinion that he's probably yep. still in there before he gets his bearings and realizes I got to back out, you know? Yeah, definitely agree, man.
4: Awesome. Yeah, we're we're over the time limit again. I know it's easy <laughs> to do on this episode. So we'll wrap it up. Yeah, I talked too much. No, it's all good. I I do, you talk I I do too. too. <laughs> it, it's easy to do when you're talking about gear, but Heck um yeah. Uh thanks for coming on the show, guys. I really appreciate it. Uh I know you could have been spending your time watching the presidential debates.
5: Of course. I mean, but move. instead,
4: you're here talking gear with me.
5: So. Thank God i know
4: i'm so happy. i can't
3: i can't watch either one of them people
4: <laughs> me either well thanks for listening guys we'll see you next week uh see ya
5: peace get
2: for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures located in Northern Illinois for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. TRC covers protect your investment. Catch Products. Shout out to Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com and put the paddle and fin logo directly on your catch board. Shout out to Jigmaster's Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20 and save 20% on all your jig and tackle needs.
0: Oh! That's awesome! Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun
1: every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.